0: We're going to turn this morning to Luke's gospel and to chapter 17. Luke's gospel and to chapter 17. Then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he be cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones take heed to yourselves. If the, thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if ye had faith, there's a grain of mustard seed. Ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, And be thou planted in the sea, And it shall obey you. But which of you, having a servant, Ploughing or feeding cattle, Will say unto him by and by, When he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meat, And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, And gird thyself and serve me, Till I have eaten and drunken, And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Amen. Let's bow our heads again in prayer. Our Father, we thank thee for thy word. We pray, Lord, as we consider uh, some words from this passage today that thou was Help us to meditate upon them. Uh, Consider ourselves, even as thou hast have us always to do, that we should look to ourselves. And, Lord, there is always that uh, temptation to look to others, perhaps, or to think of these things in an academic way. And, Lord, we pray that thou wouldst touch our hearts, that we might yield our service to the King, and that we might glorify thy name. Hear us then, we ask thee, and continue with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to take the verse which is uh, before you as my text so likewise ye when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do since the death of her majesty Queen Elizabeth II, we have heard many eulogies in her honor concerning her humor uh, concerning her love of horses her oath her faith her love of the people. But one thing we may have all have noticed is that nearly every person who makes a eulogy about her and speaks the good things uh, have noticed the constant reference to her devotion to duty, and how that she took the responsibility which was uh, placed upon her upon the death of her father, uh, the uh, George VI, uh, very seriously, and she had acceded to the throne, and she took that responsibility, and her duty was to serve as the head of state, and it would indeed be her life, perhaps like the apostle Paul, she considered herself a debtor to the people in Romans 14 The apostle says, "I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. And the apostle Paul considered himself to owe something to the world, something had been put into his hands for him to share with everyone, and therefore he was in debt until it had been shared. He owed it to the world. And I think the Queen also considered that, that she had been put in that position. She had been born into that family, and circumstances had come about so that her uncle had abdicated the throne. We might again say with the Apostle Paul that because he loved this present world, Uh, Then, of course, her father took the throne and he died uh, because of, uh, well, probably because of of, uh, smoking too much, but he died from lung disease anyway. And then it came to her strange way of coming to the throne uh, after all of those uh, different ones. But nevertheless, she came and she uh, considered herself to be the one who was responsible before God. On thinking about our late queen's devotion to duty, uh, they came to mind these words. And duty doesn't actually come up in the scripture very much as an English word, although the Greek word, uh, which is translated here, duty, does come up in other places. And we will look at some of those today. Uh, but I, it came to my mind, uh, after all these things, which, uh, after you have done all these things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Of course, the the Lord Jesus Christ had been asked to increase the disciples' faith, as we see there in verse 5. The apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith, the Lord says, yield your obedience, yield to the Lord as dutiful servants. And so we might say that Princess Elizabeth was not in this way commanded to serve as queen she could have declined she could have abdicated like her uncle edward the but she accepted the responsibility if we are christians here this morning we too have not abdicated uh, we have not declined we have accepted the lord jesus as our lord and as our king therefore we have a duty and our duty we might say is that uh, which is equal in some ways to the queen greater in some ways uh, than that of the queen Because we have the duty of preaching the gospel and being faithful witnesses to the Lord, our God. We have the gospel in our hands. We are to share it amongst the people. Last night, as I mentioned earlier, John asked me to speak on a verse and he said, I'm going to read Revelation in chapter one. And I want you to speak on verse 6. So that's, that's great. So i got my Bible out quick to see which verse 6 was. And it says this. In fact, I will affix verse 5 as well because I did speak on that. a little. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He hath made us kings. Not the queen then, uh, not just the queen then, but all of us who are washed in the blood of our saviour, our kings and priests unto God and bear similar responsibility to that of our late queen. So thinking about the uh, respect that she had for her duty and her devotion to it, Uh, to give her whole life to that duty uh, and uh, recognizing it across the world in all of the uh, territories and dominions uh, that she was a representative and that she was um, uh, responsible before them all. Uh, I want to consider with you this thought of duty. Uh, The word for duty is the word of philo, in the greek and it comes up and it's not always translated duty in fact mostly it is translated ought we ought to do this or to do that it is a verb of course uh, and uh, so there is a uh, or it's an adverb in actual fact an ought uh, but we ought to do and so i want to consider that first of all uh, these times when it occurs so here we have First of all, in John chapter 13 and verse 14. So we look up a few verses here. Uh, Perhaps I should have put them up on the screen, but I didn't think to do that. So John chapter 13 and verse 14. And there we read these words. If then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought. It is your duty to wash one another's feet. If your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye ought. It is your duty to wash one another's feet. I was thinking this is really a ministry, isn't it? A ministry one to another. We minister one to another. Of course, minister, now we think of a a minister in parliament or we think of a a minister uh, standing up in a pulpit and preaching. Uh, We think of the minister in that kind of a way. But to minister, to minister is to serve. And we are to serve one another. And here, in the context of what Jesus is saying, washing one another's feet, it is to cleanse the dirt off one another. It is to purify one another. It is to sanctify one another. It is to edify one another. It is also to welcome one another. It is to humble ourselves before one another. And I think in lots of ways, strange though it may be, the queen, uh, though head of state, was very humble in the way that she uh, 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 held herself amongst the people. Uh, She was very easy, uh, very light, she put people at ease and we have heard many of the anecdotes concerning her and we know that she had a a ready smile and a ready wit. Uh, If you've seen any of the uh, any of those uh, programs about the crown uh, watched a couple of them which really annoyed me uh, but you'll see that the, the queen hardly ever smiles uh, the person who, who portrays her never smiles and yet the queen has always uh, had that ready smile well, we never see it in that of course those who wrote the queen, the, the, the crown weren't particularly royalists uh, they were rather republicans but there we are uh, that's the way it is but she was someone who was humble even as the Queen, and we have heard some of those anecdotes about her uh, eating from the Tupperware. Uh, And uh, uh, we we know that when uh, uh, she met with Paddington Bear, that she had her her (laughs) marmalade sandwich in her bag. And and there were many things, of course, uh, that she would do. She always had something for the horses to eat and so on. Uh, She was a very ordinary kind of a person. Uh, But nevertheless, she recognized her duty and always dressed in bright colors because she said that people needed to be able to see where she was and who she was. uh, the, The people needed that not for her own benefit, not that she might look good, but that the people might know always where she was. So we think about this ministry. We have a ministry one to another. And how do we consider it? Uh, Very often we consider that the minister uh, who stands in the pulpit from week to week should be ministering to us. But nevertheless, when uh, perhaps that minister needs some ministering, no one gives any care concerning him. uh, And there is no uh, responsibility felt. But we should be caring one for another. Uh, We should be ministering one to another. And this is our duty before the Lord. He ought to wash one another's feet. In Romans 15.1, we we read together earlier, we read when we then that are strong ought. It is our duty to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. It is our duty uh, to bear the infirmities of the weak. And so again, here we see this duty that we have. It is that we should uh, uh, bear the infirmities of the weak. those we should. Uh, sometimes we, we speak about people who don't suffer fools gladly, uh, but we should. Uh, and we should have much grace. And I've always said in, uh, in the case of marriage, for instance, uh, that we are, and, and indeed marriage comes up as one of these verses. I'm not sure if I kept it in in the end because it didn't quite fit in with what, everything I wanted to say, but that we should look at the things which annoy us about our spouse and make them to be something which we appreciate, that we might recognize that everybody has their weaknesses, their foibles, their problems, and they are usually the flip side of some good trait that we do like. Uh, So some people are uh, very determined, very accurate. They like everything in its place. They like everything to be tidy. And they can become a fault. Uh, So everything's tidy to a fault. And they can irritate us because we never find anything. Because where we left it, it's not there anymore. It's been put away. And those things. But we can make those things, when we look upon them, to be important to us. That we recognize that that is a part of that character. Part of the character that we perhaps fell in love with. And if we can take the faults and love the faults, then all the rest of it is very, very easy And, of course, when we come to loving a spouse, it's not just that first flush of of attraction. But it is a lifetime. and, And we need to grow closer one to another. It's very important that we do so. But even when we come into a church, we're a family. And if we're a family, well, we have to put up with our families, don't we? And there are things perhaps in our brothers or sisters that annoy us. Well, can we look at those things and say, well, they are annoying, but nevertheless, they wouldn't be who they are if they didn't have those uh, characteristics. And on the flip side of that characteristic, how wonderful it is that they are able to do this or to do that. And we can depend upon them or, or we know how they will be. So we then that are strong ought, it is our duty to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. We are ministers. And the Queen considered herself to be a minister, uh, that she should serve and that she should be there. Uh, and we, one of the anecdotes that we heard was of the, those uh, government ministers who had list, lost their roles, who had been put out. Uh, from some part or other of government and she would invite them to the palace and she would sit them down uh, and have tea with them and talk to them after that. What a tremendous thing. Of course that's something which we didn't know and there are many things I'm sure we don't know uh, about Her Majesty the Queen. But what is our consideration? How do we minister one to another? Do we have this duty remembering the verse uh, which we have here that we are unprofitable servants when we have done Everything which was our duty to do before God, we are still unprofitable. But then from revelation that the Lord has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. The next verse which I want to bring to attention is Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. And that I would put under the heading of being modeled. Modeled on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be made conformable to the image of of God's son and so we are modeled on him. When we look at Jesus, we find this concerning uh, this word which is translated in uh, in Luke Luke 17:10 uh, as duty. Wherefore in all things it behoved him. It behoved him. So we wouldn't really in English connect the two things at all of duty and behoving him. But nevertheless that is the same word and it says wherefore in all things it behoved him. He counted it his duty to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So here is our savior. He's in glory. He is the king. He's the king of kings. And yet in order to save us. He thought it his duty to come down amongst us and live as we live. That he also might suffer as we suffer. That he might be rejected as sometimes we might be rejected. That he might be loved by some but hated by others. Of course there were those who had him uh, nailed to a cross. They hated him so much and they didn't accept him. And here is he who has the right to to rule over all things and yet he is rejected he knows and understands all the gamut of our emotions those times when we are angry those times when we are sad those times when we are tired those times when we need comfort the lord knows it all it was his duty to become like unto us now if we're modeled on him then let's try and put ourselves in the place of those who are in any trouble. I remember a story from one of the ministers of the Free Presbyterian Church and how that there was a, a woman who used to come in uh, to their congregation and she always had a face like thunder and always looked miserable and the young people used to uh, mock her because they, they would have names for her because she always looked uh, such a miserable thing. And then... Uh, this who became a minister later on learned what, all the things that had happened and how she had lost her husband and how i think she had lost a child and uh, and all the troubles and difficulties which were in her life yeah. and he was ashamed of himself we never know do we what is going on in someone's life how difficult their life may be what is causing them to feel the way they do and to look the way they look let's have compassion as the savior has compassion we read again in 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought. We ought. It is our duty also to love one another. God loved us. And we're sinners. We put him on the cross because of our iniquity. Then surely we can love one another, for we are all sinners together. And again, 1 John 2, and verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought. It is his duty himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Let us be like the Lord Jesus Christ if we are his. We are kings and priests, made kings and priests because Christ died for us. Let us walk as he walks and let us represent him. The Queen, of course, uh, considered herself to be a representative of the state, Uh, not the state itself. Many people look to her uh, as the state itself. But we know that in Parliament, before Parliament uh, begins each day, the scepter is brought in. If you look at the, uh, at the speaker's chair, you'll see in front this huge scepter. And if you've seen anything on television, perhaps you've seen it marched around the streets as well. And the scepter is brought in, representing the crown, representing the state and set there. And the queen also felt herself to represent something greater than herself. And indeed, she did, because the queen is dead. Long live the king. And the state continues. Then we see also that we are to be mentors. In Hebrews 5 and verse 12, a mentor is a teacher. We should be teaching one another. We should be teaching those who know nothing of Christ. Hebrews 5 verse 12. For when the time ye ought, it is your duty to be teachers. Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And again, what is our knowledge? What is your knowledge of the Scripture? How much of the scripture do you know, do you understand? I'm still reading parts of the scripture today and, and thinking, do you know, I'd never noticed that before after all of these years. I've never noticed that before, never seen those words in that light. I've read them before, but never they've never stood out to me before. And the scripture is like this. And there is just so much that we can learn. And so much instruction there. And yet we kind of think, well, I've heard it all because I've been to church and the minister's preached on it. We haven't heard a tiny fraction of it, let alone it all. And we are to be teachers. We should be teaching those who are around us. We've seen some of the things which come up on uh, Facebook or on Twitter or uh, on uh, uh, YouTube and people asking questions about Christianity and challenging Christians and very often they they can't answer the questions. Why? Because they don't know the answers. Because they don't know the scriptures. I've found that when these questions come, there is always an answer. And and my first uh, reaction to any of these difficult questions is, well, the scripture has an answer to that because the scripture is true and jesus said the scripture cannot be broken therefore i'm going to find the answer very often it is found in the very fact that they have uh, twisted the scripture in the first place and said something that it doesn't say or taken it out of context or just made some foolish comment which really doesn't really uh, need any retort for anybody uh, that knows anything about christianity at all but can we teach do we understand can we comfort one another with the word of god do we know the scriptures then secondly and our time is going past me very quickly because uh, there's uh, uh, quite a lot of preamble before i started preaching today so i hope you can bear with me a little longer secondly the debt now this is a a word which it comes from the same root so it's almost the same so this word duty in the verse which is on the screen is the word of philo. And then there is a word which is very closely associated with with it, which is ophiletes, "ophiletes," I should say, which is a noun. And it means a debtor, someone who owes a debt. It's almost the same word. Uh, One is we ought to. Kind of means if you ought to do something that you are indebted to do it. Uh, And here the word uh, changed slightly in the Greek uh, means... A debt so if we look at these words if we consider this to be a debt even as we read in this verse we are just doing our duty which we owe to God because he has redeemed us if you're a Christian if we are just doing our duty and having done all of our duty we have only done what we should do then let's consider that as a debt now We've noted these words from Romans chapter 1, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul says, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. He is a debtor. Why? Because he has the gospel in his hand, this good news that Jesus Christ has come into the world. Not just to save the Jews, but to bring all of the world in under uh, that umbrella of salvation, which is Christ, if they will come, if they will trust in him. And so here he has this this great burden. And the Lord has said to him, go out into the world and preach the gospel. And we have read there from Romans 15 how that he went and how that he preached in this place and in that place. How he desired to go into Rome and he had purpose to go there. He did end up there, but not in the way that he he intended. But he considered it to be a debt. And the queen considered it to be a debt. She owed the nation because she had that position we recognize that we also have a debt to those who are lost to tell them of Christ? We don't have a debt to save them, but we do have a debt to tell them. In 2 Thessalonians 2.13, the Apostle Paul says, But we are bound. We are bound. It is our duty. Uh, we are bound. We ought To give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. We are to pray for one another. We are to give thanks for one another. We are to take the gospel out to those who don't know. We have a debt before God that we might serve him. Again, Romans 8 and verse 12 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. live after the flesh we've said already concerning Edward VIII who was the king of this country and who met a woman from America and uh, fell in love with her and decided that she was more important than the nation more important than uh, his sovereign duty and we mentioned before how that Paul speaks of Demas and he says Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world well what have we done? We have a debt before God, but do we love the world more than God? Are the things of the world more important to us? Television programs, the games on our phones, and so on. I'd rather do those things than read the scripture. I'd rather go and do other things in the world than preach the gospel or tell people of Christ. What is, what is our position? Are we like Demas or Edward VIII? What are we like? Do we recognize our debt before God? But these things all seem to be uh, pressure upon us. And and indeed, when the Queen came to the throne, no doubt she felt that pressure upon her. Uh, As I've mentioned already, Camilla looked quite nervous before she added her name to the end of a document. Uh, whereas Prince Charles or King Charles now uh, was able just to go and to write and I noted that he wrote his name Charles and then stopped and then added the R on the end because now he he is of course uh, Charles Regus whereas he wasn't before as the Queen was Elizabeth Regina so uh, here uh, he uh, adds this on this is a new thing to him as well here we have then this thought in the Queen's heart that she began to delight in that work. She began to delight in serving the people, in meeting the people. And so many of these anecdotes have come forth and how does she remembered people. And she asked questions about people. There was one woman who phoned into a, a, a radio station I was listening to and, uh, and she was saying there how she had met the Queen when she was a little girl. And nobody had ever asked her what she wanted to do when she left school. And uh, so she met the queen, and the queen said to her, what do you want to do when you finish school? And she said, I, I want to be a nanny. Uh, a nanny, of course, is someone who looks after other people's children. I want to be a nanny. And uh, she, uh, the queen said, oh. And she said nobody had ever asked her. Even her parents had never asked her what she wanted to do when she left school. Uh, She now would be a similar age, I think, to to the Queen. I I think I gathered from what she was saying, Uh, so she was, I think, in her 80s anyway. But that's what she said. Uh, A week or so later, the letter came through the post from the Queen, uh, inviting her to, uh, instead of going to college, to go to a school where she would learn to become a nanny. Uh, Imagine, here is the monarch of the nation, who listens to this little girl and who wants to be a nanny and invites her to do that. And indeed, she did become a nanny. And she worked uh, as a nanny uh, in the palace, I think, if I remember uh, properly. But I may not remember properly. But uh, certainly she did work as a nanny anyway. But that changed her life. Changed her life. I wonder, do we have a delight? Because if the debt, if the duty becomes a delight... If we love the Lord, if we love to proclaim the gospel, if we love to serve one another, if it's a delight to us to meet with one another and to minister one to another, it's no longer a duty or a debt, is it? It is our delight. The the, uh, psalmist writes this, I delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, the law is within my heart. Of course, that's taken up in the New Testament and applied to Christ. There it is Christ who who makes these words. In Psalm 19 and verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Rejoicing the heart. I love to be in God's house on the Lord's day. I love to pray. I love to read the scripture. I love to meet with God's people. What a joy and rejoicing that is. Is it a delight to us? Lord Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, said to those disciples who were with him, because they asked the question, did someone bring him something to eat? And Jesus said, my meat, my meat, my food, my pleasant food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. It is my delight. I delight to do thy will. O my God. I'm sure that the queen retired to her bed each night weary but oh how satisfying it must have been to have accomplished so much and know that her duty was done. Are we made kings and priests unto God? Then let us delight in the privilege, recognize our duty and our debt to the Lord and to those who have not the knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34 says this awake to righteousness and sin not for some have not the knowledge of god i speak this to your shame the queen of course being 94 could look back over her life and she couldn't really say well i didn't do my duty i wish i'd done this but i wonder how many of us in the later years of our lives can look back and say i wish i'd done this i wish i'd done that i wish i'd listened i wish i'd served more i can tell you that we can look back at our lives as you get older and think of all the things that you might have done all the things that might have been had you been obedient had you done your duty had you delighted in the lord may the lord bless these thoughts to us and help us that we might serve him